It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What you got? All right, so before we get to Jensen Lewis, let's uh, take care of a couple things here. Uh, We got our community tab with the poll question of the day. Then we got a couple super chats that we're going to read. As always, when we ask the chat anything, PCC Air Force looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits. PCC Air Force is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Air Force in Eastlake, Mentor, Whitcliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 an hour and up. Plus, get full benefit packages, paid time off, sign-in bonus. Apply online today at precast.com slash careers to learn more. We're going to do these Super Chats first. The first one came from P. Rothstein216. Tito won the World Series with Boston. He got us there, but he lost in seven. He does not get the benefit of the doubt in Cleveland until he, win, until he wins one here. That's an awfully high bar. Mm. Hey, win a World Series? Or- hey, that's, hey, that's what the- I'm sure that same guy is picking the Browns to win 11 games. Watch <laughs> hey, watch this. Stefanski got to win. Or he's out of here. Yeah. And he got a coach of the year. Oh, by the way, we looking at JB Bickerstaff too. Hey, JB, look, we Tito has a different level of standards across the board. It just is what it is. I, I'll be well, he's kind a of much fused. more accomplished coach than the other two in this town. Uh, yes. yes, he yes. is. I mean, it's not even close. Yes, he is. Uh, I mean, he, how many? I mean, so how many times is he going to the playoffs here? Every, almost every year, but what I think, what, what have they not made the playoffs, Jason? Once with Francona, twice, one or two times. I mean, they've got. They, I, I heard the Guardians have the best record in the American League over Tito's tenure as manager of the team. Yeah, I think that's true, or at least it was going into this year. They've been to the World Series once, right? Yeah. Uh, ALCS. You know, the thing about baseball, unlike football and basketball, it, it's much, it, it's much harder for the best team to get to the World Series in baseball than it is for the best team to get there in the NBA mm-hmm. and football. The nature of the sport. Yep. That's just the way it is. LeBron James in a seven-game series, if he has one subpar game, you'd be surprised. Surprised. He's never going to have a, a game where he's useless. Right. Never. Impossible. So doesn't that help Shohei baseball? Shohei Otani could play in the playoffs mm-hmm. and, and maybe get have a bad start. Yeah. And so, maybe go one for 13. Gary Cole got hammered, didn't he, a couple years ago yes, in the playoffs? So doesn't that help? Max Scherzer last year. That helps Tito then, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, yes, did Tito make mistakes in that World Series? I thought he did. However, that team had zero business with those injuries going to the World Series. Zero. Yeah. Now, the next year, they should have gone further. Yeah. Because there was a better team. And they lost in the second round. And there's plenty – and there's things you can blame Tito for, but – 
putting J.B. Bickerstaff and Kevin Stefanski in a conversation <laughs> with Terry Francona is embarrassing. That's silly. That's that's embarrassing. Go ahead. All right, second super chat, then the actually poll results. The second one is from Kenneth Y. I don't want to botch your last name. He said in the 90s they were able to find power hitters like Bell, meaning Albert Bell. Yeah. What has changed that they can no longer find those guys? Well, the scouting department's turned over 150 times since then. Yeah. But, I mean, Tommy, Bell, and Ramirez were all homegrown. They were all drafted and developed, and that's gone. We were talking yesterday. When's the last time this organization identified, a t- like, signed or drafted and developed a hitter? It was Jose, I think. And before that, I don't know, Manny? Well, Lindor. Well, Lindor. Yeah, yeah. Lindor. That's, but there's not many others. There's not many others. No, they had, and there was a stretch there for a while where they were not drafting very well. No, like, and, and they were turning over their their farm directors like right. too often, and they were missing terribly on on high picks. Also, uh, there were steroids going on in the '90s too. Well, yeah, and that factored into power. Yeah, like sure. a lot of teams had power. Now those '90s teams didn't have the pitching that the Guardians have had right. these years. I mean, if they had, they would have won a multiple. It, I, it is a bl- it's a blind spot in this organization. There's no doubt, and I There's don't. No, it's I, been a major failure, and I don't know how they, I, how you, how you fix it. I'm when not you have sure. a specter like Albert Bell and that in that team, you got to think about it. There's there's people who who still affectionately look at that as the greatest era in Cleveland sports history, not just Browns. Like you got people believe that that was one of the shining times. Ninety five Indians was the best team of my of my life ever. Most talented team of my lifetime. I mean, got you could get home runs right. from guys like Paul Sorrento. You get home runs, and then we didn't want really to talk about the Richie Sexton and Brian Giles guys yeah. that hit forty. Tommy was hitting eighth when he first came. That up. was I mean, crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, and and the fact that those teams never won a World Series tells you how hard it is to win the World Series. Absolutely. Why it. Why this, this? It's baseball is a much bigger crapshoot in the yeah. playoffs mm-hmm. than than in the other sports. Yeah. yeah, it's that simple. I mean, there's not a lot of, you know, you look at the all-time great teams in football, and you re- you rarely think about a team that didn't win a championship. Yeah, that Patriots team that went undefeated, but they won it what the year before or the year whatever it was. They won a million others. Right. You know, the, the fact that, that those Indians teams didn't win a championship, yes, it's p- certainly painful and hard to believe because they were so good. It's funny. Do we have Jensen? Yeah, let me read okay. this poll result. Uh, we can get Jensen in here. And then the poll question of the day was, do you agree with the Cleveland Guardians trading starting pitcher Aaron Savale? We had 1.2 thousand votes on this poll. 58% says no, 42% oh, says come on, guys. yes. Oh, say that again? What was it again? I'm- 1,200 votes, 58% disagree with the trade, 42% like it. Right? I get that right? They they don't like it because of what it signals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. We'll see, you know, in the long term. But real quick before we bring Jensen in, I was I was I, I saw that yeah, I was in a one of these stupid Instagram uh, video spirals. And <laughs> There was a video of Mariano Rivera. He said, if you had to pick the eight guys behind you on your team, yeah. um, that you couldn't pick any of your teammates, you got to pick eight guys in the history of baseball, none that were your teammates, and you put them behind you. That's, that's to make your team the best team. Three of the eight were those 90s Indians. Three of the eight. Really? And he could pick from all time. Wow. And he took three guys from those Indians teams. That team was that 95 team. That's especially. How, I mean, I mean they, absurd. The, the, everyone talks about the hitting. They led the league in ERA. 
as yeah, well. which is hard to believe. Dennis they Martinez, let the league in ERA. And her size came a little late. Right. No, go ahead. Was he, go ahead he was on the 95. All right, joining us right yeah. now is former Cleveland Indians pitcher, current Cleveland Guardians analyst, Jensen Lewis. Jensen, what's up, man? Welcome to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show again. Great to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. Jensen, I don't know if you heard our poll results there, but 58% of the fans don't like to trade. Now, we understand that it probably has nothing to do with the prospect because probably 98% of the people that voted in that poll have never heard of that kid before. However, I, I you know, we get it. I mean, it's it's a suck. It, listen, the Guardians could still win this division. It stinks. They could still possibly win it. But it is a sign that that trade wasn't about trying to win this year. So do you understand the fan frustration? Do you get it? What do you think about that? Yeah, I think you unpacked this on a couple of things. Uh, the short term is I don't know if we'll have uh, a higher value for Aaron Savali considering the last couple of years, guys, that the injury history has really been prevalent. And I think the, the organization has been really good all the way back to when they traded Corey Kluber and, and even the host of starting pitchers. You, know, you go with Carrasco and Clevenger and Bauer. Uh, and knowing when to trade these guys, it seems they've nailed them at their apex, and after they deal them, it's really falling on hard times. We'll, we'll have to see here in a couple of years if that remains true for Aaron Savali, but even relievers too, Andrew Miller, Cody Allen, a couple of the stalwarts here in Tito's uh, tenure, and, and they really uh, fell on hard times as well. So true. I think you're looking at a short term, number one, Tampa Bay. Anytime you trade with Tampa Bay, you always have that moment of pause, and we obviously yep. know that with the Andy Diaz and the Jake Bowers trade. So completely understand the fans a little apprehension, if you will, with that. The other side of this, though, is you look at Kyle Manzardo, and I, I tried to get on uh, the horn with as many uh, people across the league yesterday and, and just to become a little bit more educated on, on this kid. And, and to a man, everyone loves where this guy's bat-to-ball is, and he fits right in with where Cleveland wants to be. It feels like the last year or two the power has started to develop and remember, he's 23, guys. And I, I don't think we can pass judgment that even though he's had the injury this year, that this is going to be someone that we're going to have to wait. I, I think they want him in their plans as soon as he's healthy and he can really show what he can do. So on the surface, guys, the trade, you had to trade Savali at his highest value. What does that mean moving forward for this year? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I think the season could have been doomed when we got the diagnosis of Shane Bieber going to the 60-day and not being back until September 10th. I'm sorry, it, it is almost impossible to overcome not having Bieber, McKenzie, Cal Quantrill. If you guys remember, I know, Jason, you, you've been there in plenty, and you can see it as well. 30-plus starts from these guys last year. They were the big reason why this team was able to find their way into the postseason. It could still hold true this year. But now you find yourself in a much more degree of difficulty because it's three young guys in Gavin Williams, Tanner Bybee, Logan Allen. You have some inning restrictions you're probably going to be up against here as you get to the end of August. 
Let's see what happens with Noah Syndergaard, even after a really nice start from him yesterday. And then how do you fill the number five spot? So it's not over. And I think, Bull, you kind of hit on it. The Central Division stinks. I mean, it really does. And Minnesota hasn't done anything yet to really launch themselves as a true favorite. Jensen, I agree with everything you said. I don't hate the trade. But if you're one of the 26 guys in that clubhouse, you can't be happy with this because you are trying to make the postseason. What do you say if you're Chris Antonetti or if you're Tito? How does Tito get these guys to hold on and to buy in when they lost one of their beloved guys in Ahmed Rosario and now you just lost your best starting pitcher of the guys that are available right now for not a lot of help for this year? So how do you sell this to the guys in the clubhouse? Yeah, Jason, I'll go back to kind of my own personal experience in back-to-back years in 2008 and 2009 when we traded CeCe Sabathia and Cliff Lee and both those guys coming off their Cy Young campaigns. You want to talk about waving a white flag right in front of our face. That's what that felt like in successive seasons there. So that was really a tough blow for us to deal with. And then our heart and soul, Victor Martinez, going to Boston, that, that really hurt big time because he was such a leader both on and off the field. Uh, If I put myself in this locker room in the present day, I don't feel that the shock value is as high trading those two aces from from back when I played. But I get to to where you're going as far as morale. Ahmed knowing that he was such a leader and then also Aaron pitching as well as he has. There's two ways to go with this. And I think this is why Tito kind of mentioned, hey, let's get through Tuesday. Let's see if there's anything else that's going to be made as far as the deadline being at 6 p.m. Then we'll address it with the group probably on Wednesday before the day game when they come home. Are there more moves to be made? If they are, it feels like they're ancillary. It feels like they're around the edges. And I think they've just kind of pushed their chips to the middle and say, we feel confident in the future of our starting rotation, both here at the big league level and whoever they're going to eventually bring up, whether it's this year or at the beginning of next year. You know, Jensen, um, you know, I, you know, I usually speak from a, a casual, uh, you know, a casual place and, and a lot of fans are, Sometimes confused that, you know, it just seems like for the Guardians, their best players are always on the block. It's, it's like there's this, this imaginary ticking clock that goes like, and it's, it's just it's just watching the Guardians and just watching how they operate. Um, it, it's almost like, okay, we see Savali and we, even with Shane Bieber, he's, it's a blow to the team that uh, Shane Bieber was uh, going to miss and not come to September, come out to September off the DL. But it's, but we were already shopping him. We were trying to get his trade value higher enough so we can move him. It just seems like some people, when I talk to you know the casual fans, they're like, you know, it just seems like you know we got Gavin Williams, we got Bybee, but we know in the back of our mind we're not going to be able to keep those guys. So how does the organization kind of toe that line and and do and do they understand kind of the the little apprehensiveness that the fans have because they're always on this like ticking top clock that people have to be moved. Yeah, I think you go look at Beaver as a case study first and foremost, and and a lot of people need to realize that some of these extension talks and and some of these you know, long term deal discussions are really held behind closed doors, and there's a reason why they don't become public so that there can be integrity for those negotiations back and forth and. You know, this club has made overtures to Shane Bieber, and there has been an impasse for that. And, you know, part of that is on the player as well. Uh, When you're offered life-changing money and you turn it down, that's your decision, and you're allowed to have that. But also, that will end up coming to the forefront here. If, indeed, a trade is made, that remains to be seen, too, because I think they're trying to get him back. 
And let's let's kind of look forward to guys. Let's assume that Shane Beaver does come back on September 10th, and this team is still a game or two out of first place. You all of a sudden have basically a deadline deal that's going to come the last couple weeks of the season. What does his effectiveness look like? That remains to be seen as well. You hope that Cal Quantrill can get back here, and I know they're going to be very, very delicate with Tristan McKenzie because they feel he can be a top rotation arm for years to come. But I get where you're where you're at too. I, I think this is why the importance of Jose Ramirez signing as team friendly a long term deal that he did was to not only create a domino effect with Andre Jimenez, Trevor Stephan, Emmanuel Clase, uh, Miles Straw in there as well. Again, I, I know the star power is where fans are looking for. And if Gavin Williams and Tanner Bybee and, and heck, even Logan Allen, we, we look at years past when it was John Hart and Dan O'Dowd and they locked in their young players to very team-friendly contracts, but it was also life-changing money for those guys that had a very short amount of service time. It would not surprise me if this front office goes down a similar path here, knowing that you can lock in a young core at a very early age, both in that rotation and then all, also with some of these young position players like Quan, like a Will Brennan. And, you know, who, who knows what happens here in September with some of the call-ups they might have as well. And the Braves have certainly done that with a high degree of success yeah. in recent years. And that's a big part of the reason why they're probably the best team in baseball right now. Uh, you mentioned all those contracts. I'm happy with all those contracts, except for one. we got to talk about Miles Straw. <laughs> I, you know, I'm always yelling and screaming about it. Uh, this is not 1978 where you could play with a center fielder that can't hit. I don't understand why he plays every day, Jen. I, 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 you, you get no power. They've got, what, 11 home runs from their outfielders total? I understand maybe there's not great options at the moment. But even if it's not this year, I think next year, Miles Straw, to me, can't be an everyday player. Pinch, hit, pinch runner, great defensive replacement, fine. I hope next year they move Quan to center and they get some legitimate corner outfielders. Do, do you think they should do that? Do you think they will do that? I, I Honestly, Bull, I'd love to see Will Brennan uh, play center field okay. and leave Kwani in left. It, it just feels like Kwani is so comfortable over there now and, and really – I mean, heck, it feels like we have on, on Guardians Live a, a relay throw from him or Miles Straw that's a play of the week. And I think Will, uh, knowing that he's got that center field instinct as well, makes a lot of sense there. They sent Oscar Gonzalez down to AAA to do damage. He did do damage. And it's perplexing why he's not getting some opportunities to make that translate at the big league level here. Perhaps we see that yep. uh, in the coming weeks. I hope we do. Um, last night, and I, I understand watching that game, you know, you have David Fry, who's hit over 300, uh, I think, with runners in scoring position, uh, a guy that has really found uh, the ability to be clutch in those situations. Uh, you have an opportunity with one swing of the bat to get within one run. Uh, you, you, you think that in Houston, knowing you're going to have to score four or five to win anyway, uh, that that would have been a move to go with. So. Yep. I understand the frustration there, and you know th this is a, a team that, that needs every viable bat, every offensive weapon they can, and hopefully they're implemented here in the next couple of weeks. Jens, you mentioned Tristan earlier. Uh, I was on the call with Chris Antonetti yesterday, and Chris kind of surprised me a little bit. He made it sound like Tristan's coming back in September. And I guess, I mean, you're a pitcher. You would know the timeline better than anyone. Is the thought here, hey, let's give this a shot in September – and if it doesn't work, he could, he's already uh, next year's shot anyway if he has the surgery. If they had the surgery right away, all of next year would be shot. So is the thinking here, let's give it a shot in September, and then if he has to have surgery, 
he's still back for the start of 25 anyway. Yeah, Jason, and, and the conversation usually goes because the player has the ultimate call. If they if they want to have that surgery right away, then then that's up to them. They can be presented with all the information you know from the team. If they want a second opinion, they can do that. Uh, but it seems as though uh, your information lines up as well with Tristan wants to give it a go, wants to try and get back. If it's a handful of starts to push him across the finish line to get into the postseason, try and go for that because, as you said, Likely, if he had this, the surgery right away, most of next year is gone already. So why not try and at least make one final push? I understand that from a player perspective. Whether that makes sense for the club in the long term, as far as 2024 and beyond, also remains to be seen. So the thinking, perhaps, from where Chris Antonetti and, and those guys understand those conversations with both Beaver and McKenzie better than any of us do, is we trade Savali now because we feel like we can get, if not two, maybe all three of Beaver, McKenzie, and Quantrill back at some point after the deadline. Those are our quote-unquote deadline acquisitions, and we feel that for the long-term future, it was too good of a situation to pass up knowing Savali's injury history, and you had to strike when his value was highest. So I think we'll learn a lot more here in the next seven to ten days, because now you're getting towards the end, or at least the, the ultimate point of the AAA season in which you're going to have to find games where these guys can get into game action and then be ready to roll because if they stay in contention, Cleveland does, September is going to be filled with a lot of critical contests. Yeah, Jensen, uh, I want to talk about the bullpen a little bit. You know, Emmanuel Classe has got a ton of saves, but he hasn't been as sh- – he's not been bad, but he's not been nearly as sharp as he was last year. Watching him, what are you seeing and what is the difference – for last year where he was, you know, along with Edwin Diaz, one of the two best closers in baseball, to being still good but not as dominant. What, what, what are you seeing there? Yeah, well, almost impossible to ask him to, to replicate what he sure. did last year. And and even this year, as you said, uh, having the amount of blown saves that he has, if you, if you kind of isolate those outings and you look and see what really transpired, leadoff walks or, or, you know, a lack of command in those first couple of hitters and – Again, as a former reliever, those are things that will happen throughout the portion of a season. What I look for is the velocity and the movement, particularly the late movement of the slider. It feels like he's getting back to where he was in the stretch run of last year. Uh, I think if you see him a little bit more on the corners now, uh, especially with a cut fastball, even back door to lefties, it, there's, there's a couple of weapons that he deployed August and September last year even the high fastball, high cutter to change eye level to get back to the slider. It feels like he's on that path. It's just the guys in front of him. And Trevor Steffen has been better. But I, for the life of me, I feel like in a situation last night, boy, we could have used James Karinchak, uh in that sixth inning to be able to come in for some possible swing and miss. I realize there's been some struggles there with Eli, with Sam Hentges. It hasn't been the same shutdown group last year. But it feels like you still got one of your best bullets in AAA, and why not bring him in knowing you've got some really good offenses you're going to face, particularly in Houston and also with Toronto at the end of that homestand next week. You talk about, you think about the mental game, and obviously you would know this better than anybody, the mental game and the pressure of being a relief pitcher. Because for the most part, when you do well, nobody talks about it. And when you do poorly, we do. You think about like Karen Check, right? He's got all the tools. But he, it seems like, from an outsider's perspective, he gets in his head too much, and that screws him up. Look at, I mean, Kelly last night. He gets the great at bat where he strikes out Tucker, 
and then he can't throw the ball over the plate. I mean, like, what? Like, I would assume he's going to go go down to Columbus today. I don't know. Like, what's going through his mind? Is he freaking out in his head as that's happening? And is the mental part the the thing that Karen Chick can't get over the hump on? Yeah, I'll start with Kelly because uh, yeah. it, when you kind of get in that first couple of scenarios in your big league tenure where you're on the road and you're facing you know quality hitters in, yeah. in a tight situation. The inning can speed up on you, and perhaps that's what happened with him last night. Uh, I, I think the arsenal is there, but maybe uh, a little bit more in kind of that bridge situation uh, that would allow him, whether it's behind in the game or in a spot to try and eat up some innings. With Karinczak, it, it feels like he's shown everything that needs to be shown, whether that's controlling the running game, whether that's being able to, to, to showcase the breaking ball again. Uh, to me, you know, y- y- you can do a lot worse uh, by not having him up here and, and I think that's kind of where the state of this pen is. You need every viable swing and miss arm. Yeah. As I said, especially with the opponents you're going to be facing here. These are critical junctures, guys. You had every opportunity to win that game and shut it down last night. Just wish that a guy like Karen Chak, who has that swing and miss ability in the big-time situations, and most importantly, the heartbeat and the experience to be able to draw on and go out there and get it done. Uh, Jensen, you, you spoke on it a little bit earlier. You said, you know, with the young guys – uh, Allen, uh, Bybee, and Williams, there's there's a chance they could get shut down if they do make the playoffs. Um, is there a chance that, you know, your, some of your three best pitchers, one or two of them, depending on how many innings they have accumulated by then, could possibly be shut down even in a playoff scenario? Uh, I think it's already been implemented, uh, you know, as far as where they think these guys could go. You, you would expect it's not necessarily the pitch count, it's more the inning count, and, and you saw that sort of with Gavin uh, in his last start, didn't go beyond the fifth inning. I think you'll see a, an intriguing use of those three guys and, and where they are stress-wise going through August and, and what you hope is, is a full month of September. I, I haven't heard anything about them being shut down at all. I think they take it kind of turn by turn and, and see where it, where it ends up. I think they really want to get through 6 p.m. tonight to understand what their roster looks like. You still got some reinforcements down there in AAA, of course, Cody Morris, Hunter Gaddis. Heck, we might even see Joey Cantillo, the way he's been throwing the ball. So there's plenty of length, if you will. It's just a matter of roster construction now and how you want to cultivate the back end of your bullpen. Because, indeed, if it is, hey, we only can throw Gavin, you know, maybe five innings, we can only throw ten or five innings, you've got to have a guy you can go to every couple of days outside of Xavier Curry that can help bridge the gap while still being effective and trying to win those games as well. Jensen, how do you see shortstop playing out? And is there any chance he's already here in Andres Jimenez? That's probably a move that would happen next year, but is there any chance they would move Jimenez to short and maybe Freeman is the, is the new second base? I, I don't know. I'm just spitballing. Or is it still going to be Arias or what do you think? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of questions to be answered, Jason, uh, for those guys initially, but Brian Rocchio down there, who has had a sensational season, is going to factor into this conversation. Uh, You know, I wonder if this is kind of your your audition uh, here in August and September and and hopefully October for both those guys. Uh, You know, whether Jimenez moves over or not, I I think they're comfortable leaving him at second base, knowing if Rocchio is the guy in the future, that they leave Rocchio at short, Jimenez at second. That's a really really outstanding defensive double play combination. Again, Rokio not going to hit for the power uh, that perhaps Gabriel Arias could. Uh, I think Freeman deserves a a bit more of an opportunity sustained, you know, not just one start every series. 
But I'm fascinated to see if those guys end up playing well, if both of them do. And then this front office has a decision at the winter meetings to possibly package them in a trade that might see one or both of them go. Jensen, last thing. Trade deadline, obviously, today at 6 o'clock, right? In terms of other teams, we saw the big trade with Max Scherzer. We've seen, we've seen two teams like the Angels and Cubs who we thought were out of it, and maybe, but they've been aggressive here this last week. Maybe Verlander gets traded. To me, one of the biggest storylines today, and I think the Tigers probably trade a couple of their pitchers, will the Orioles, who have been so bad and are having a magnificent season, they've got to get starting pitching. That's, to me, one of the biggest things I'm looking at today. And will the Yankees do anything? I hope they don't, because I want them to finish freaking dead last. But do you think the Orioles will do anything? Do you expect the Yankees to make a move? you think Verlander gets done? Any big other big deals today? Yeah, the, the Verlander one is intriguing just because uh, Baltimore obviously has the prospect capital, but uh, are, are the Mets willing to really wave the white flag, not only for this year, but that yeah. means they're in real dire straits for next year. I think Eduardo Rodriguez is the big name to watch early. Uh, I would put the Cincinnati Reds in contention possibly for him as well. I know the Dodgers have really been hot on, on his tail, but I'm with you, Bull. I mean, Baltimore has to find at least uh, a, a top-flight arm, if yeah. not Verlander, Someone like Rodriguez that can really get them some quality innings, and if need be, start a game one of a postseason series. I'll tell you, if I, uh, I know we got to go. I know we got to go, Earl. But I, I, if I'm the Orioles, and I know it would take a lot to get him, but Mitch Keller is finally is coming to his own this year. If I'm the Orioles, because they have a thin starting rotation, their bullpen's great. I'd go. It cost a lot, but I'd go get Keller and Bednar. If you had Bednar, Cano. And uh, what's his name? Tyler Wells. Uh, no, they're closer. Uh, I, Bautista. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, Bautista. I couldn't think of his name. If you had those three in the back of the pen and you added a young Mitch Keller who's really good, I know, yeah, they'd have to give up a boatload to get those guys. But I think that'd be huge for, for the Orioles. I don't, I don't know if it's going to happen, but we'll see. Should be fun. Yeah, that, that that's a full-on Texas Ranger. We're yeah. all in, and yeah. I, w- I would love to see it because you guys know the AL is wide open. It is. And I think Baltimore, with the way they're playing, and as you said, Bautista is an AL Cy Young candidate yeah. the way he's pitched. And, and that five-out save last night, dear Lord, he's been fun to watch. Yeah, let's hope the Yankees keep losing. Thanks, Jensen. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. You- there you go. Did you guys cut Jensen off? I mean, How dare you? Damn. Guy's getting violent. You guys have worked up back there. There he is. Yeah, he's there back. he is. Jensen, we'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Uh, Earl's very excited about some dopey poll. No, it's not that. We, we got a full rundown. We got to keep moving. Right, don't forget to subscribe to the Ultimate Jeez. Cleveland Sports Show. Keep don't forget to follow, ring the bell. Uh, again, man, we appreciate getting the 25,000 subscribers. Let's get to 26,000. We definitely appreciate Let's go. that. He's like the guard from Shawshank. Yeah, he ain't playing. Listen, I, I got a schedule to keep. I'm the same way. Man. Same we, way we on the radio. Inappropriate. Let's get right. it going. <laughs> Let's go. So what is this poll? What is this? We, we're so before upset. we talk about the 32 all, all, Bra- th- all we do with the Browns Gee, is talk wait, about Wait, wait, wait. Boom, 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 boom. You cut me off, man. I'm trying to talk. Go ahead. Before we get to the 32 and 32 with something that we're doing every week, every day, counting down to the first game of the season. Yeah. The Cleveland Browns put a poll up there uh, selecting a new midfield logo as they did last year. Steve, take that. So that's what it is. We're running it back for round two. Your favorite design will be front and center. And then we have the tag board that's showing the options. Here they are right here. Not the stupid elf. Again, with the. uh, Just give me the helmet. 
Just give me the helmet. Can, can we stop? See, this is why the Browns have been a loser. Franchise. No, 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 no. They're obsessed with polls, no, no. logos, uniforms. This is. How about you win some freaking games? No, no, no. See, see, for the older, we got for, their dopey, the nah. dopey, the dopey son-in-laws out there no. being trying to be funny hey, on Twitter. Hey, you know what? This is why y'all don't understand. The internet is different from the real world. Y'all keep not getting it when y'all be putting the polls up and the Guardians be taking L's. This is why they take L's. People, the Did public. The Browns put a stupid elf up Yes, there? no, public sentiment counts for something. Yeah. When people get to participate in their own fate, they feel they're invested in it. So when it comes to the wins and losses, they'd be like, well, they did lose the lose, but I did get to vote for that dog. Well, the Guardians might lose the polls, but they win a hell of a lot more games on the field than the Browns. Nah, the Guardians may win them polls, but they ain't got no money. Rich and Jimmy has them got, got all the they got, got all the bags. They got plenty of money and they don't spend it. What, uh, Jimmy's spending is all is highly overrated. <laughs> hey, his polls may be too, but yeah. I love it. First of all, that's why this is why they win the offseason. They understand marketing. They say, all right, well let's let's let them create their own logo. How about you win the season? Win the regular season hey, just like, one time. I, 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 and that's that, the thing. That's it's a, like er, yesterday, Earl tweets at me and and uh, some some. It was I don't know, it was Bucky Brooks or whatever saying the Browns are right there with the Bengals. Okay, here here's the La La Land that Browns fans live in, right? <laughs> here we go. And this doesn't tell us mean, how you feel. This doesn't mean that the Browns can't be as good as the Bengals this All year. Right. They can be, mm-hmm. but the point is, going into this year, mm-hmm. it's unreasonable. Like you have to, you have to predict what's most likely to happen. Not I'm a fan, so I'm going to pick the extreme scenario. Okay, one team has proven something mm-hmm. and one team has proven nothing. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. This has nothing to do with me being a fan or not a fan. See, unlike most people, I can leave my fandom out of predictions for teams. Browns fans, a certain base of them, like the homers, like Earl, like uh, what's his name? Nick Carnes, like uh, Cam from Canada. These guys live in La La Land as if the Browns I do not have live in La La Land. That's cat, boo. You, <laughs> you guys are in La La Land with this. The Browns are this and the Browns are the Browns ain't shit. Until they prove something. Here's, okay? here's what you got to prove it. I'm here, sick of giving here, them the benefit of the doubt. Here's, here, no here, here's what it is. Here's yeah. what it is. Get him, Z. Here's what it is. If y'all want to count the six games that Deshaun Watson played as the end-all, be-all. Yeah. Who's counting that? How, uh, oh, listen, a Let's lot of people. count the last no, 24 not, years. Uh, hold on, hold on. Let's count the last 24 years. Hey, listen. We, hey, 24 years is yeah. 24 years. You 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 can you can go from worst to first in one year. Sure. And let's can it happen before hold, we guarantee. Hold, hold on, I didn't mind guaranteeing nothing. Yeah. Let's not act like the Bengals didn't have bags over their face a couple they, years of ago. Course, of course, of course. I remember. Did. So here's the thing. Of co- but you know what? Hold, G? hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. When the Bengals went to the play, when, when, when the Bengals went to the Super Bowl with Burrow for the first time, before that season, I wasn't picking them to win ten games. I, I, but here's the I thing: I picked them to win five but, games. But guess what? Joe Burrow proved that one person can make a difference. Did he not? Correct. There you go. But Deshaun Watson has to. Whoa, 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 whoa! Burrow whoa, proved whoa. it. But whoa. Burrow proved it, and prior, then you knew and it. Then prior, he so him. so prior to Deshaun Watson's six games, was he not proving it? He went cold. He went nice. He won the top five QB. Oh, okay. So we've seen it. But he's got to prove it again so, here. So if y'all want him to prove it again after the six games, that's fa- that's fine. But for to Deshaun Watson's credit, his his numbers say it. Can we put the one fifteen up at forty one? Can we put that real quick? Uh, okay. Tag board. Now wait a minute. Wait a minute. Gee, Can we I'm, look I'm the, with you. I'm with the Deshaun trade. I was with Deshaun, it all along. The fact is, he's, he's won great. one. Playoff game. Hey, but you got to understand, there's more than that involved in a team sport. 
But you, you just said, like, he's proven it. Has he? He's yeah, won one playoff I, game. I, I'm, listen, and I'm for him being here. I'm I, for I, it. I get that. He won one playoff game. But there's a lot of quarterbacks that we anoint Justin Herbert. We anoint these dudes, and they ain't won nothing. Justin Herbert's on every top five list. How many How many playoff wins does Josh Allen have? Couple? Well, two? More than Deshaun Watson. He has, what, two? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. But <clears> I know <throat> it's more than one. And he ain't been in no AFC championships. He, yes, he has. Where did he go? No, he hasn't. AFC Championship. They were in it when, 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 uh, three years ago. I think it was ago. in it like two or three years ago. Did they go two or three years ago? To AFC? It was three well, years ago. The year before the Bengals. I, no, I thought, I thought they lost to the Chiefs in the second round. Well, that game was the second round. Yeah. Didn't they? That bonkers playoff they game. Go to a, Here, here's my thing. Josh wait. Allen ain't the, been there. The point is. Wait, wait, the wait. The point is Josh Allen and Justin Herbert played great football last year, did they not? Okay, you, so we are living in the six game well, what, with six get, games, see, right? Here's the thing. No, I'm not living in the six games because you know I've said consistently that I think Deshaun Watson is going to be great. Okay. But you're living in this. We get mad every time somebody says Deshaun Watson's got something to prove or mad every time when a national reporter says maybe the Browns won't be that good. The Browns have a lot to prove. First of all, who cares? If people are predicting that the Browns don't get, get any benefit of the doubt, do the Browns deserve benefit of the doubt? But, but what I'm looking Watson at, well, hold on, hold on. Three years hold ago. Hold on. No, what, yeah, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm looking at is, yeah. we talk about 24, 25 years ago. Yeah. I'm looking at today. I'm like today. Do they deserve benefit to, of the doubt going into the season? I'm just analyzing what they have. I'm looking at player for player. But, if I look at player but, but for player. What accomplished? Nothing. Every year is a different year. I get it. So if, if I'm if, if I'm looking at it like this, I I can look at it and say, look, Gee, the Browns have traditionally go been good. Yeah. However, I'm looking at their quarterback. I'm looking at their running back. I'm looking at their defensive end. I'm looking at what their what their defensive coordinator has traditionally done. And I'm not saying that they're not going to the Super Bowl. My thing is this: if you look at the Cleveland Browns and you look at their roster and you're sitting saying four, five, six wins. Obviously, Nobody's saying that I've seen a lot of people say that a lot, a lot on. of people, four, five, six wins. I, I don't find that. It, Show me one person to pick them in four, five, six games. You, There's probably two or three people you, who care. They, 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 they pick them. Nobody the, here. Who the, here is there's, them there's, four, five, pe- there's people picking them to come in last place in the division. There are people that saying that well, that's winning. a big difference between four wins. Is, that's not impossible. They finished last in the division last year. Okay, that's great. They finished last year, but you you're don't telling think it's me possible they can finish last in the division? It's anything you is possible. Finish, they can finish eight and nine. But you, if you if you telling me the Steelers got a better roster than the Browns, people are crazy. But the team with the better roster doesn't always finish higher. Oh, the, did the Steelers have a better roster than the Browns last year? No, they didn't. But, but they finished ahead of the but, Browns but last the, year. But, but their quarterback did not play the whole year. I understand that, but they still had a better roster. Even with Jacoby Brissett, they had a better roster. I, I, well, listen, Jacoby Brissett, and, and, and we saw about Kenny Pickett, and uh, everybody know they punted on that season. We know they did. G. I said that in September, and everyone screamed G. at me. They punted on it. Listen to me. All I'm saying is, before we anoint them, they've got to prove something. No one's That's anno- it. Who's anno- Nobody's saying they can't. Who anointed them? Well, we can't get mad every time somebody makes a bad – who cares if, if Dan Patrick or or – Colin Cowherd picked the Browns to win six games. Who gives a shit? Well, well, here, well, you can't blame them. No, 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 hold on, no, 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 no. I got mad at Dan Patrick because Dan Patrick and a lot of national media dudes be doing this thing. Oh my gosh, he's a creep. Browns are unlikable because of one person on their team. But who cares? But, but I care. He is a creep. No, no, a lot of people care. But he is a creep. But what who I'm, cares? Well, oh, here's well, who's here's who care. Twenty thousand people who watch the blog care. And guess what? A thousand comments care. They were like, hold on. I'm Paul. not going to lie to you, boy. I care too. And I'm going to tell you something. Representation matters. Like, first of all, let's, we got here off a of poll. Okay. 
basically, I think what G is saying is it's not the fact that the Browns have to prove it. Deshaun Watson has to prove it. It's just that it's always this pessimism when it comes to Deshaun Watson. It's like, damn, everybody you talk to, nobody's optimistic what that are you he ta- can't do it. Who in Cleveland no, is not no, optimistic No, I'm it. just you, you, you're, you're saying a lot who of cares. People. I'm just telling you, I'm people giving care. You, I'm giving you People quotes. care. What do you mean? People care about what? People care about like about the conversation being had. People care but, about you know this constant this constant feel it, of it's bro, always I, beating up on okay. the ground. So when I like say here's who, here's an example, boy. Here's yeah, an example. Ahead. We throw the poll up. The first thing you say is the Browns kill me with these polls. I tweet you something yesterday that Bucky Brooks said, friend yeah. of the show. Shout out to him. Yeah. And you didn't even respond to it. It's like this this slanderous view towards new, the Browns. The reason I didn't that, respond on Twitter is because I knew we were going to talk about it today. Because it's a nuanced conversation that, that can't be had on Twitter. But things like pool, uh, these polls, for example, right? They're yeah. fun. They're interacting with the fans. They mean no harm for it. It's, it's not I'm nothing to blow them out the water for. I'm saying organization care way too much about shit like that than getting the right well, team well, on the well, field. Well, no, here's, That's my point. Here, you can do two things Major at once. Major in the minor. You can, you can do two things at once. Here's my problem. Here, here's, they're not doing the other thing. Here's, they haven't. Here's, here's the issue. When you talk about the Cleveland Browns, it is not about what the Cleveland Browns are going to do in the field. It's about whether Deshaun Watson did what, and I don't like that fact. Dan Patrick talked about not putting the Cleveland Browns on TV because of Deshaun Watson. He says, I like Dick Chubb, but I'm going to tell you, they're not unlikable because he's on their team. But but, but what I'm saying, okay, if, you, the case for if, a lot of if you let me finish my conversation, if let me get my money yeah. off, we, we can get to an understanding. Yeah. That is the case for some people. My problem is this, and I've always brought it up. Don't be heavy-handed on Deshaun Watson to use words like creeps. When your buddies get on the TV and laugh and joke about owners doing the same thing. I told you that. But you, hold, but, I, but then, hold on. You, you, keep, you, you keep cutting me off. I, I would like to finish my... You, okay, go ahead. I would like to finish. Yeah. If you are going to be on TV and you stand on something... And you standing on principle, morals, whatever you're going to stand on. And you using this soapbox to say, this is absolutely incorrect. But then when you get people on TV to talk about the owners who cutting your paychecks, you got a whole different other demeanor. You laughing. Who is the who? Robert Kraft. I can't. No, 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 but who are you talking about? I'm talking about this? Rich Eisen did it, Dan Patrick did it. Okay, what did Rich Eisen do specifically? I, I got a whole video and out. I can't, I, I'll watch your video, okay? I haven't seen it yet. But here's the thing. I can only speak for myself. What Rich Eisen does, I, I don't give a shit. See, I, when I say who gives a shit, I'm just saying I don't give a shit what Rich Eisen says. Okay, well, yeah. Uh, yes, there That's are a, people who care about that. I'm yes. saying let's not worry about that. That's my feeling on it. Right. I don't think Earl should care whether Dan Patrick's shitting on the Browns. If the Browns win, it'll take care of itself. But that's but you can't tell until that until you win. But, but you can't say that about a man's team. Like that that's what why? fandom is but about. The Browns deserve criticism. Not, not when it comes to putting listen, if you listen, said if you I said, found I, the Steelers unlikable because of Ben Roethlisberger. So why can't other people find the Browns unlikable because of Deshaun Watson? Here's the here's the issue. You can find the Steelers unlikable about that, but what, yeah. guess what? Yeah. Steelers stayed on TV. Ben Roethlisberger stayed getting getting endorsement. Big Ben, when it comes to the Cleveland Browns, there's a lot of people that feel it's because it's an won. easy target because they won. They're Gene. an easy target. They won, but but they're, they're if, easy if target. Ben, but if the Browns win, they'll be on TV. Here's, we're not, Dan Patrick doesn't control the TV network. Here's what. Here's what we're How saying. many national TV games are the Browns on this year? What two? Two, I think. They won seven games last year. They got year. a Monday night game. 
and the Thursday. But right? we last year, how many were they on? Like four. But we're not we're not specifically talking about that. What we say in Bull is, yeah. When you're a fan of a team, yeah. Right. And you watch your team, and you and you root for your team. People feel that it's ludicrous to use one person's mishaps to blanket a whole team of people. And Nick Chubb is one of the best dudes in the league. Joe Batonio just won man of the year. You can't sit up here and be blanket statement saying that these guys are unlikable because of one person. And at the end of the day, that's your opinion. But it's his opinion, so he can say it. But guess what? I got yeah. an opinion, too. And 20,000 people said, yeah, we agree with you, G. Bush. Right. Just, but, but there's probably a, a lot of people on other fan bases that feel the same way he does. But So that's, you, why, we, that's why we ride for who we ride for. I get the it. same way you ride for your squads, you're going to ride for them. But I didn't def- – I, I, when, when, when the Bengals have had shitty players over the year that I didn't like, I wasn't defending and call – I wasn't trying – listen, I, I'm totally good with Deshaun Watson being on the team. Uh, I think he's going to have success this year. That doesn't mean I'm going to defend what he did off the field, just like I wouldn't defend what other players did on my team off the field. But here's the just thing. like I didn't defend Ben Roethlisberger off the but field. But here's the here's and the we can't just blanketly say owners like the Robert Kraft, like Daniel Snyder's a real scumbag. He's a total piece of shit, and he got kicked out of the league. Okay, okay. O- 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 owners, you know what Robert Kraft did going to a hooker is not the same thing as what Deshaun Watson. Uh, well, well, did. well, that's not that's not that's not true. Like it's not, that's not true. Going to a hooker and what Deshaun Watson's accused of is, is the same thing. Listen, no, listen, he was accused. Yes. and it was on tape. Yeah, and on and on top of that, even in the players' association, yeah, owners are held to a higher standard. So it's not the same thing. He's a player. Well, he's an owner. Well, Here's what, what I'm saying. Accused of going to a hooker, prostitution. That's not the same as being accused of sexual assault. And so he w- it was alleged. Yeah. He was not indicted. Right. He had two grand juries in Texas said no. And on top of it, the thing that this. No, no, no. But that's not what we're arguing here. You just said it's the same thing. What I'm saying. Now that, you're trying to relitigate I, the case. I'm not relitigating the case. What I'm saying is that Sean Watson is sitting here telling y'all. And how this blew up was the yeah. fact that he said there's a narrative put out there by the, by, by the media. Yeah. Everybody in the media jumped out there and said, oh, he's blaming the media for what he, he did. was. He was not blaming the media. Yes, he for, was. He said that there were he issues. Was not, well, he said there that. was issues that the media never took a hold of. Right. And one of those issues. Hold on. Yeah. As I did a video on this. Multiple people that were in that litigation had things wrong. Like, hey, I told people in my family I just wanted money. I I went to his house three, four, five more times after that. Those things these were brought these up. Are, no, they were not. They, then how'd you know about it? If it because I looked it up and did a video and it has sixty three thousand views. Gee, you're telling me nobody at all brought those things up in, in you, this city. You found in this city. I don't know. I'm not listening to in everybody Cleveland, Ohio. all the time. They didn't do it on no afternoon shows. They didn't do it on morning shows. They did none of that. Gee, I don't. I don't even. I, at, at this point, do you really believe he did nothing wrong? Do, the, I mean, do we want to go down what, that road again? What we're saying is, do you? If you don't, we, it's okay to just say we don't care. It, no, no, it's, it's okay to say we don't no, care. No, it's not. There's a, no way. There's, there's but not. The, a, but is there Gee, any? There so you can't tell possibly me, be a conspiracy with twenty-three different clients. Can, 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 it's impossible. But but nobody stepped up and said six or seven of them could be lying. Nobody said that. That's not true, because we said on this show. I I don't know how many times I said on this show that there's probably a gray area in this whole situation, and I specifically said. Yeah, there's probably a couple of them that have taken advantage of the situation. At the end of the day, if we're gonna sit here and eviscerate people based on that, 
The bottom line How is... How has he been eviscerated? He's made a ton of no, money. No, no, no. How is he being negatively though. affected? Let me ask this question yeah. because I like the word creep was thrown in this, right? Yes. And I'm a part of the media too. Let me just say this. Yes. When I cover players, let's say we're covering a disgruntled player, somebody who has gotten into some trouble or somebody that you like necessarily like. I just feel like there's a way that you can say that without being disrespectful. And this is why I think it's disrespectful. When somebody call you a creep or anything else... I feel like I'm not going to say nothing on this mic that I can't say to somebody's face. And I just wonder if some people who got these opinions of Deshaun Watson, could they stand on that and say the exact same things to this man's face? And if you can't, then you shouldn't feel that comfortable getting on TV or on radio saying it. That's all I feel. Okay. Well, I think Deshaun Watson's a creep. If you don't think I would say that to him, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying you. I'm it just would be a, kind of awkward I, if I said it to him, no doubt. But if he brought up, if, if Deshaun Watson walked up to me and said, hey, why'd you call me a creep? I said, well, I find it hard to believe that uh, 23, believe you would, 23 though, different women all somehow were able to put a conspiracy together and it never came out that and, they were and, all plotting and, together. And, and here's what I'm going to say. He would yeah. say to you, yeah. in our country, we have jurors. We have a process. Okay. And 12 to 13 different people, 26 two times, a group of your peers said, we don't find that there's anything that we can bring criminally. If he told you that, what would you say? You know better than everybody that the criminal justice system is flawed, number one. And we also know the criminal justice system is slanted to one, one group of people or another. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Gary, but, do you think Deshaun did anything wrong? Yes, he did stuff wrong. Okay, okay. that's it. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, but here's the thing. I don't thing. know if I've ever heard you say that, actually. Yes. Yeah, I, I said it. it. He, he's done things. My problem is this. If you want to get to tier and we talking about football, what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to sit up here and take another year relitigating something. If you want to talk about football, it's the first day of camp. We understand but what it is. You, you're the one who's br brought it up. We no, 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 going no, down no, that no, road. no, no, no. What I'm saying is you said I don't care what Dan Patrick said. I said I care what he said. Yeah. And he brought it up. And there are other people brought All it right. up. Okay. I, I'm responding but to that. It's but it's not surprising that a national guy would talk about Deshaun Watson and be like, the guy's a creep. It's just not surprising. Well, to well, me. So well, look, look, at the end of the day, yeah. everybody got their own platform. Everybody say what they want to. To some people, yeah. that's acceptable. To other people, I find it offensive and I don't like it. So if Dan okay. Patrick has a platform and wants to call creeps, I'll just show him what he said about another group of people that he had no problem with when he was laughing about it. Then that's fine. <laughs> and that, now, listen, again, really? I, don't think that, I don't think it's a fair comparison with Robert Kraft, so, in so, my opinion, because going to a hooker is not the same as at at the end. Is that creepy? Uh, yes. Okay. Well, I, he, I didn't, think, he didn't. Call, he did not call. He did not call Robert Kraft a creep. So I would like to him to keep those 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 words from Deshaun Watson, and, right? And obviously, there's biases, and you know where I stand on all this. I give you that, but Robert. And and yes, I do think Robert Kraft is a creep. Yes. Okay. I certainly think Daniel Snyder's a creep. Okay. I certainly well, think Ben Roethlisberger's a creep. So I would. I certainly think Deshaun Watson. Okay. If I if yeah. I if you like, I wouldn't have no problem with you because yeah. you you clear on that. You stand on what yeah. you said. And if somebody if they, if somebody pointed up to me where I've been a hypocrite on this right. situation then I would look at myself, but I don't think I but ever But you have haven't been. been a hypocrite. Yeah. So my problem is this. If you go sit up here and get on your soapbox and talk about all these other different people, I find it very funny that when, when there's people in a position of authority, yeah. people that are signing your checks, because here's the reality. What's the name told us? Uh, 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 Trotter, Mr. Trotter told us on his station, 
when he called out Roger Goodell and he said what he said about inclusion, guess what happened? He got fired. He got fired. Yeah. So every one of them know what the game is and they understand that. So if you go tiptoe around that, I'm not going to sit here and wait, wait for you to drag somebody two yeah. years in a row. All That's right, just but, it. But, but you know what changes the narrative on all of this? Winning. Winning. Of course. That's it. Of course. Ben Roethlisberger, creep. One. I've called him a scumbag. But, but boy, that's, that won. would piss me off even more. Because yeah. it's like, wherever you stand, stand there. Just because we win, don't start speaking like in high standards of Deshaun Watson. Like, I'm the type of person, you show me who you really are in the, in the times but, like that. And I get it. Winning yeah. will cure everything. And I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about, yeah. I know where you stand. I know you the person. Yeah. But it's like, it's people out here, they're going to all of a sudden change their narrative. Oh, it's 100%. That and it's always like that, happens. That's fake, man. I, and I get it. I get that that's phony and fake, and there's people who jump on the bandwagon. But but the, the thing is, and this is what, because for years, I was always like, I don't want this guy. He's a bad guy on my team. I don't want him. And eventually, I got to a point where I said, I have to be able to separate the person from the player, right? Like, if you ask me now, would I want my my kid to hang out with Deshaun Watson, I'd say no. You ask me what I want my kid to hang out with Nick Chubb, I'd say yes, right? And I don't really know. I don't know them personally, just based on my perception of who they are as people. And I could go, I wouldn't want my kid around Baker Mayfield. I wouldn't want my, certainly or, want my kid around a lot of other people. Or back to, back know. in the day when, when the Bengals had Vontez Burke. Bunch of bad Jones, guys. I don't uh, want, Henry. I, uh, I have crushed Vontez Perfect. I think he's a horrible, horrible person. But what I do yeah. as an individual. Chris Henry's son is really good. Yeah, because yeah. he went to Ohio yeah, yeah. State. I never looked at the rest of the team and was like, Oh, right, and but, that I agree, and, and I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, like, and, and that would frustrate me at times too. But ultimately, I was like, "Well, what are, what are you going to do?" Uh, the, you know, that what what they call the Bengals are a bunch of punks and this yeah. and whatever. It, it is what it is. You, that's when you make a trade for a guy with as much smoke as Deshaun Watson. And he that's part smoke. of what you got to deal with. And, 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 and I always say, I always tell, I said, my mom talked to Deshaun Watson. She'd be yeah. like, "Oh, he was out of pocket." Like, like, it's just what it is. At the That's end right. of the day, I think you right. Winning counts. Yeah. And I think that nobody in the national, nobody. So you see, sometimes you guys speak to your base, right? I'm not talking. I'm not talking to what's the name? Rich Eisen and, and Dan Patrick. They're going to be rich forever. Y'all will be fine. Go off into the sunset. All of y'all. But at the sometimes you got to talk to your base. I'm talking to the Cleveland Browns fans, yeah, bro. I hear you. Because at the end of the day. And that's why you got a lot of reaction. And, and we're talking to the I fans. I get it. Fans are very sensitive about. But you know what? A lot of the fans that are mad that Deshaun Watson's getting all this heat, a lot of them were shitting on Ben Roethlisberger, too. Yeah, they were. Which I got yeah, no they problem was. with. <laughs> they were. They was. And, they I, was. and I can tell you this. For where I stand yeah. as now part of the media versus when I was just a, a fan, I never had one bad thing to say about Big Ben because how my father raised me, he's an entertainer. He's an athlete. You don't even notice, man, to really have an opinion. You just know what the media put out there. And you was always taught growing up, you know, you believe half of what you read, half of what you hear, all of that. And so for me, I think not as a fan, but if I'm being honest, I am a little sensitive to it because I understand sometimes people do have an agenda. And sometimes when people make their mind up about something or someone without knowing all the facts, they can get a little disrespectful. But but and and like and like 
boy, yeah. I try to be the same way across the board, right? No matter who the person it is, and it just pisses me off personally that it happens sometimes. But Earl, and I think that's who's, okay. Who's more likely to have an agenda, a, a Homer fan or a, or a neutral media member? Well, fans are fanatics to fans start with. Sure. They ride that's with right. they ride with the team, like, and that's regardless. right. We're always going to defend our guys, right? Even if they do the same thing as a guy we've shit on for ten years, and maybe you don't bash Ben Roethlisberger, and that's fine. I have. I've been consistent. If I if there's you know I bashed, I, we can go on and on. But that, there, I, Urban Meyer, his assistant, you know, coach, what's that? And that scumbag there <laughs> beat up his wife. We can go on and on and on. But but there is a thing. But the the bottom line of this conversation for me was, the yes yeah, win <laughs> win the poll. You before, don't really care about the polls. Are the Browns on paper capable of hanging with the best of the AFC? I believe so. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You just want them to prove it. But they got to prove it before Mm -hmm. I'm putting them in that class. And it's the same thing with Watson. Because... Watson, not because of just six games, because he hasn't played, essentially hasn't played for two years. And so I can't put Watson at the moment in the top group of quarterbacks, even though I think he's capable of being there until he does it again. So you're saying it's been such a long time since you've seen that level. Yes. That's a fair assessment. That's all I'm saying. Since you've seen it. And if he does. And now we hug and love. I was able to make a fancy trade or y'all were playing. <laughs> hey, listen, this started off yeah. with a with a poll question. I think that was a very good conversation. I negotiated an entire fantasy baseball trade during the time that yeah. went on. I negotiated it, it, I executed it. Debate. Hey, I do too. And it's football season. Yeah. It's a, hey, it feels like that football makes us season right now. Football makes us feisty. Go ahead, Earl. Great debate. Unexpected debate. But that's what made the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show great. So we got 10 minutes left. We're going to make some changes. We're going to do our 32 and 32 with K York now. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to channel some things in the rundown. Overtime will now be the conversation that started in text about the work-life balance. Oh, I can't stay for it. Oh. I'm out, I'm out oh. on overtime. That's a good one, too. Oh. Why don't we stick with the fantasy? We'll do that another time. Can, okay. Because yeah. I would like that topic. I want to talk about that. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. We, we'll do that another time. But we're going to do the 32 and 32. Uh, number 27 on the list is K York. K York is the pre- is the superstar kicker at the Cleveland Browns because he, you know, he got drafted pretty high. He's a superstar. Well, he's not a superstar, a superstar. but you know, uh, we hope he can become a he superstar. Got, he wore number three and all. Is man. there he any kicker three, superstar him. other than Justin Tucker? That's other than crazy. him, Tucker. But you know what? Like the year the Bengals went to the Super Bowl, their kicker played like a superstar, and last year he wasn't as good. Yeah. But but I would say I think he's t- better than he's better than K York. I, oh yeah, sure. Yeah. But K York. I would put him higher in terms of the importance than 20. What do we have, Matt? 27? I agree. I would put him like. Earl, what five. is he? 27? He's 27. He's, I, he's top five I think, to me. Man. Oh, I don't know about top five, uh, but he's certainly he's, not. He's, every game that comes down to kicks, every game that comes, the NFL is decided by three points or less. Yeah. Kicking is so important. In Cleveland? Yeah. 
and, and it's land. You know, that's true. And the league has never the league has never invested the resources into kicking that the game that it warrants that it deserves. Think about it like this: Justin Tucker probably behind Lamar Jackson is the the second most important because if Justin Tucker lines up. For a kick, if you get it to if you get it to midfield, it's you got a over. chance. You got a chance for points. Yeah. All you that's crazy to me. Like that's a nuclear weapon. If he gets past the fifty, he could be on the logo, and yeah. it don't matter. I can't go top five, Cade York. I can't oh, make I myself go that hard. But I can go at eleven least around ten. I go eleven. Certainly way higher than twenty-seven. I think we'd all agree on that. I, I and is it the most important guys? Is that what we're ranking him? I can't remember. Yeah, it's the most important guy. Yeah, yeah, I think you guys dropped the ball on this. Yeah, I mean, he won you game one. Think about it. the game you won. You won you the first game. And he game lost you. Like and he lost you. It is amazing how often it comes down to the kicker. It's three points or less. It all really NFL is. games, not all. Quite a few NFL games. I, ha- I had the stats at one point. I don't remember. What and extra right now. points now are not it's, gimmies. Well, and that's why I get so that's mad not when people say, well, it was a close loss. Who gives a shit? Most games are close. This is not yeah. college football. Yeah. Most NFL games are close. Blowouts in the NFL are the the, the exception, not the rule. You, you see somebody lose by 10, you'd be like, damn, they got blew out a yeah, little right. bit. Yeah, <laughs> right. All right. Uh, you know, a blowout in college is 50 points. Yeah, yeah. A blowout in the NFL is two touchdowns. Yeah. Two, oh, two touchdowns. Yeah. You got smoke. Yeah. I like Cade. I think he's going to have a good year. I think the one year you have to go through it in Brown Stadium, you just have to go through it in December. There's no preparation. There's no weightlifting. There's no film to watch. When you're a kicker, you just have to go out there and do it. And and now that he's been through it, hopefully he understands the win. Even the Steelers kicker struggled early in his time. Hines. Yeah. Yeah. Hines Field is, is a hard place to kick. So you have to learn the win patterns. You yeah. have to just... And, yeah. and it can change. That's the fascinating part about talking to kickers. It can change like that. You can just lose it. Yeah. Well, just the win can change. Oh, certainly. But you meant the mental oh, sure. game of the yeah, kicker. Mental, it is. The mental. I mean, look at the Cowboys kicker. He was one of the best kickers yep. in the league, and he fell apart yep. down the end of the year, yep. and he's gone. But just think, I mean, you, the wind can be blowing one way. Yeah. When literally on third down, you can look up one way, and when you yeah. get out there, it changes that fast. Especially here in Cleveland. Yeah. And, and, and just the north. You know, it's so much harder, general. I think, than we realize. Of yeah. Why can't you just kick the kick it straight? Well, the wind and, is and such a factor. Think, like, why do these kickers not? I'm not saying Phil Dawson needs to be the Browns kicking coach, but why don't teams have a kicking coach? I don't know. And why I don't, know. don't? Why wouldn't you if you're Cade York? And I, I think I asked Phil Dawson this last year, and I don't think he did. If you're Cade York, why wouldn't you at least pick Phil Dawson's brain? Oh, I'm pretty sure they did. Did they? I think that they okay. did speak. I thought he said I, no. I don't like, know how often, but I, I think would, that they the did Browns speak. The Browns should have they, – he, they definitely should have a, a kicking coordinator. If they got psychologists on the yeah, team, right. team psychologists, why would you not have a team – Every team coach? can afford it. It's ridiculous. And there are a couple throughout the country of, like, kicking coaches yeah. that work with a number of NFL kickers – in the off season or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if I'm an NFL team for, I mean, they just spent three, two to 3 million probably to go to Greenbrier. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hire a kicking coach. What's right. going to win you more games? Yes. A week at Greenbrier right, or a kicking right. coach? Well, think about it. Like we're all excited about the, about um, what's his name? The Browns new special Bubba. coach. Bubba, Bubba Ventrone. Ventrone. Right. We all love the hire. Seems like he's going to be a great hire. What the hell does he know about kicking? <laughs> nothing. He didn't know anything about kicking. Yeah. Nothing. He can't help the kicker or the punter. We used to have Davis. He can help the rest of the special teams. There should be – it's a no-brainer that yeah. there should be a kicking coach. Yeah. We never saw Dave's ass to do. Like, we thought he was a quarterback. He was All-American at OU. 
he used to just we he didn't even come over to the other side of the stadium. He would be in the regular stadium, yeah. kicking, and we just see the That's ball it. going over the stadium. That was it. That I was watching the Water Boy over the weekend. Have you guys seen the Water oh, Boy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you know how the the, the kicker who was like Adam Sandler's friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just it'd be like, oh, I'm gonna work with the offense. I'm working with the special teams. You go with Farmer Fred. Yeah, yeah. Just the kicker. <laughs> Get over there, and then yeah. that's exactly where it went down. Like yeah. it was like, yeah, just that's they're little, in their own world, though. Yeah, guys, right. Like, Bull, just, what's the funniest line from the water boy to you? I didn't watch the whole thing the other day. Um, <laughs> man, I, I like when he'd be like, my mama said, my mama said, my mama said. <laughs> well, the, that whole scene with with the professor in the class. <laughs> Is really, oh, I like yeah. the I like the two really weird looking dudes that are sitting in the stands, and then one guy just like rips on the other guy all the time. Yeah, yeah. That while look, we're talking movies, can yeah. I hijack this since we got five minutes left? Yeah. Go ahead. What is the appropriate age to show your son Major League and Bull Durham? Well, I just had this conversation with some friends, That's light. some other dads. That's light. Because my of, dad showed me the movie. I'm about it when I was like eight. Oh, I think your kid's old enough. Because there's but some the sec- you just the sexual, the sexual stuff. The sex, especially in Bull Durham, not so much Major League, yeah, but yeah, especially yeah. Bull Durham. There's right. some sex stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. Because I was just having just this conversation but over I the think, weekend. Is your son going to find Bull Durham boring? Oh, no. He would love. Like, All the non-baseball parts, though, are a little boring for a kid, I think. Oh, uh, I don't know. I think the baseball carries it. The baseball stuff is so funny. By the way, Tim Robbins looks so unathletic and oh, I not know. a baseball I know. player. I know. Because I mean, I th- I mean, AJ just turned 13. I think we're right. going to have a major league Oh, he can definitely viewing. watch it. You, you fast forward. Like, we watched um, – I, I had – my son and I watched Uncle Buck. Have you guys seen Uncle Buck? Oh, yes. yeah, of course. Love that movie. Yeah. But you, And you don't think about it, but there's a scene where this girl is, like, kind of being raped. He breaks into the room in time to stop Oh, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember yeah, that scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't want my son to see that scene. You right. wouldn't have thought about it. Right. Because at the time when we saw it, yeah, whatever. But, like, so I just fast-forwarded past that scene. Yeah. He doesn't man, care about man, that. Man, listen, Bull didn't tell me. I was watching the first season of Snowfall, and I was scarred oh, for man. life. Well, no, you can't you get tell me. that. You, you, you didn't even That's tell just, By the way, the guy. <laughs> um, what? The guy who plays his uncle. Uh-huh. I was just saying, uh, do you watch Snowfall also? Yeah, I watch it. The guy who plays his uncle, I can't think of the actor's name, but he was awesome he on that show, that. and I'd never seen him in anything else. And then I was just watching the show the other day, and now I can't think of the name. Oh, the new – so they're doing a, they did a re- – so there was a show, Justified, mm-hmm. which was a great show, and they brought it back. There's like a sequel. It's called Justified City Primeval, and this guy had a small – that guy got, had a small role. I got a question. In. Anybody on the panel, raise your hand. Have you ever seen the movie He Got Game? With Denzel Washington and Ray Allen. Yes. I think yeah. I saw well, it. Well, I saw it when it first ago. came out. And I had so, yeah. so funny story. Uh, this movie came out in 98. In 98, I was 11 years old. <laughs> it was I, 22. I, I, I have a grandmother who's really, really religious, right? Yeah. And every weekend, I would go spend the weekend with her. And we would go out to eat. And we would go yeah. out to movies. I've always been a sports junkie. Yeah. So when the previews came on, I just seen the previews. And I said, Grandma. I want to go see He Got Game. I'm sitting in the movie theater with my yeah. grandmother at 11 years old. Oh, my God. Watching He Got Game. Yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> was wasn't appropriate bad. for 11 years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was all, it, yeah, it, I yeah. mean, I don't remember anything about it. I'm pretty sure I saw it, but I don't yeah, remember he was, about like, it. Yeah, he was, like, uh, he, he went to, was it college? No, I wasn't college. Um, yeah, he had. Was, he went to Lincoln High School, and, and Rizar, his dad was, was in prison for killing his mother. And so the right. warden of the prison was a was a huge supporter of a particular college. Right. So you got so his he, dad out. He of, let him out yeah. on a work release program right. 
to try to convince his son to go to this particular school. His son goes to the particular, particular school, but the warden never holds up his end of the deal. Yeah, big shocker. The warden's a scumbag. Yeah. Denzel's the best. He's good in everything. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't, he's, he's just good in everything. I don't know, like... I, there was it, only one Denzel movie I've ever seen that I didn't like. His performance was fine, but it, I thought it was a bad movie. Which one? The Book of Eli. I like I the book. Like that. That? I like I did the not book. like that movie. Did, that. did you catch the twist, though? I don't know if I even made it through the whole thing. The, the twist that made it cold was... Yeah. Eli was blind the whole time. I thought... Spoiler. Yeah, that movie's old, though. It's older. But he was blind the yeah. whole time. Okay. So it was like he was. He, I barely. He was literally walking by faith. Yeah. I, I didn't barely remember it. I just remember thinking, I can't believe there was a Denzel Washington right. movie. I didn't remember, remember Devil in a Blue Dress? Yep. Yes. I don't remember anything about that movie other than the scene where he's got the woman and she yeah. goes, "You hit my spot. You hit my spot." Mm-hmm. And he like, narrates, "And I hit that spot all night." <laughs> <laughs> Hey, the only thing I remember about that uh, time for overtime on Netflix right now is this movie with Jamie Foxx. It's called They Clone Tyrone. Watch it. I started it and I got to get back to it. But on the on the preview, it's oh, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> and you know, I gotta go. Ultimately, I'll see you Thursday. And you know, they try to say. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.